Guten Tag, Pew Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It's a big week for us, it's a big week for the Bucks, and it's a big week for all Bucks fans as Tampa Bay goes international all the way over to Germany to play a very important and crucial game against the Seattle Seahawks, a 9.30 start on Sunday. Uh, very excited for that one. So we will preview the Bucks against the Seahawks on today's episode. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my co-host of pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, how we doing? You ready for the big 9.30 a.m. game? There's been a lot of Germany talk uh, today uh, in the locker room, and uh, it's definitely definitely makes for a unique situation. Yeah, Van Totenhausen, Uncooker mit viel Eis. Uh, I'm not going to do the whole show in German. I won't, I promise. <laughs> um, no, but I tell the German I know. Uh, Volkswagen, um, you know, that. Und uh, Leben Land Groben. From, from yeah. Def Leppard, of course. Yeah. Um, that was Mr. Worldwide. That was Tom Brady that we have right there on the graphic. And Tom Brady is 3-0 and in international games. He has won twice in London. He has won once in Mexico. All those games, of course, with the New England Patriots. And one of those wins, Matt, came against... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 0-3 in yeah. international games. I remember that game specifically because uh, Gronk, playing for the Patriots, scored a touchdown, and then he did like the March of the Wooden Soldier, yeah. uh, essentially, and uh, and then did the Gronk spike. So yep. I remember that from the uh, the Bucs-Patriots game. So yes. a lot of success for Tom Brady, very little for the yes. Buccaneers. So something's got to give. Something's got to give. I was there in London with Mark Cook, uh, the late, great Mark Cook. Yeah. The last time the Bucs played an international game, that was in 2019. We had a fantastic time over in London. It was a city that I was I was like, yeah, I'm excited to go. Once I got there, I fell in love with London. Can't wait to go back. Uh, everything was fantastic, uh, even through the kickoff, Matt. The kickoff was actually good. The problem for the Buccaneers started on the first play of the game where Jameis yeah. Winston stared down Mike Evans and threw an interception, one of his five interceptions that, that day against the Carolina Panthers, former Bucks. Defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, who was playing for the Panthers, yep. actually got a sack in that game too against his former team. So that was not a good experience. The last time the Bucks were over the Atlantic, uh, hopefully things will be different in a different foreign country because the Bucks cannot win in London. They cannot <laughs> win in England, so they're going to move east to Germany. And and Tom Brady's never uh, played there either, so uh, Tom Brady doesn't even have any type of mojo he can bring over to to Germany. He just has that 3-0 international record. So as you said, Matt, something's got to give. Either the Buccaneers finally win an international game with the guy who's done it more than anybody, Tom Brady, or Tom Brady gets his first L overseas. Yeah, we also learned um, my German correspondents, which is our intern, Adam, uh, who speaks German. He said that the number 12 in German is uh, Wolf, which sounds okay. like Wolf, which is ironic because Tom Brady – is the goat, but right. he will also be referred to as uh, a <laughs> wolf, wolf. Okay. Uh, in this one. And you know, I think twelve. I think twelve pack. I think getting things, uh, uh, getting things in a lot of a pack, and that makes me just think of yeah. uh, Celsius Energy Drinks, which of course is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. When I think Celsius, of course, one of the first things that comes to mind is the variety of Celsius Energy Drinks that this drink has. You see the vibes up there 
on the screen. The Arctic, Tropical, and Peach Vibes. So many great flavors. You can also go with the Strawberry Lemonade, uh, Sparkling Peach, the Peach Mango. Uh, a ton of great different flavors. The Cola flavor I know Scott is big on. Yep. And uh, the Cucumber Lime I've been drinking a lot of lately. So uh, all good. the great flavors. Seven Essential Vitamins is the key. This is a healthy version of an energy drink, and it provides that essential energy to get through whatever you got going on. Maybe you are substituting it for coffee. We've seen a lot of people do that, including Scott and the coolest guy in the Bucks locker room, Blaine Gabbard, substituting Celsius uh, instead of coffee. So a variety of great different flavors, as you see uh, Blaine on the screen right there. Uh, essential energy to get you through whatever you got going on. And you might be wondering, where can I get the Celsius energy drink? Well, there's a couple of options that you can go to. One, just check out their store locator on their website. And it'll tell you exactly if you only want to try one, that's totally cool. It'll tell you exactly where to find it. You know, your local gas station, your Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega. Bodega. Exactly. Go check it out. Try one. Try them all. If you know you want a ton, you're like, I already know Celsius. I love Celsius. I want more than one, though. That's great. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save and have it set to your house or apartment every one week, two, three weeks, whatever you want it to be. Uh, get the variety pack as variety is the spice of life. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. That's Celsius. Hashtag Celsius live fit. Hashtag Celsius energy. The official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Now, Scott, as we start talking about Bucks for Seahawks, before the season started, I think we looked at this going, <laughs> yeah, hold on one second. We yeah, got a very yeah, important yeah, yeah. question we got to take care of here. Are we drinking Celsius or Pirate Republic at 9 a.m. on Sunday? Confused. That's a great question. Uh, it really is, Steve. Yeah. And, and I think the easiest answer is um, is start your day with the Celsius probably before 9 o'clock. Get up early. I mean, yeah. wh- why would you want to get up early, Matt? Because we have an 8 o'clock pregame show. That's yes, why. Yes, we do. We've got the Pewter Report tailgate show live from our own houses. We're not going to be at walk-ons. We encourage you to go to walk-ons because both the Wesley Chapel and the Midtown stores are open at 9 o'clock, right in the time for this game. They've got a great brunch menu, so you definitely want to go to walk-ons and, and experience uh, their awesomeness at 9 o'clock because that's when they open, and and that's, that's going to be a great time to watch all of their TVs, you get the whole place to yourself. There's no other game on, so it's nothing but wall-to-wall Buccaneers and Seahawks. You get great drink specials, great food at walk-ons. Both the Midtown and the Wesley Chapel locations are going to be open. Now, we're actually going to be doing an 8 o'clock show because we're starting earlier. So we're not going to be at walk-ons because we have to watch the game as well. But we're going to be doing a a show, a Pewter Report's game day show live at eight o'clock and and then matt is going to take over at 9 30 and he's going to do his awesomeness at the pewter game day show with his live commentary some insights and tidbits he's learned throughout the week as it applies to the game so you want to make sure that you're either at walk-ons or you're watching the pewter reports tailgate show it's going to be at eight o'clock right here on pewter report tv on our youtube channel followed by the 930 uh, live in-game analysis on Pewter Game Day. So to answer that question, I would say you're going to want to have your your orange Celsius early in the morning, get your day started. Then after that, you might want to start with the uh, Pirate Republic, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the official beer of Pewter Report. And speaking of orange, I have got 
the Belgian uh, wit beer, which is the golden haze of piracy. You drop an orange in there. It's good. Matt's going to tell you about it in a second. But I would say both, Matt. I think that's the logical answer. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, get a little pep in your step to start the day and then settle in watching the game with the Pirate Republic beer. Uh, hopefully it'll make the uh, the Bucks play better. A question here from Andrew, have the Bucks left yet for Germany? No, they are leaving tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will be kind of an abbreviated day at the Bucks facility. They'll yeah. start practicing there. We'll speak to Pirate and Leftwich, and then it's a little... Uh, a little quicker than usual because they're off jet setting to Germany. And of course we also have to factor in, there is a tropical storm. I don't know if it's been called a hurricane just yet, but there's really bad weather coming to the Tampa area. So the bucks are going to want to get out of there sooner rather than later. And I honestly would not be surprised if they even change it further by the end of tonight, deciding to leave earlier than that because yeah it wouldn't be I mean, surprised you can't, you can't get stuck in this at all you know yeah plus you don't want to be delayed either that's the thing is you don't want to be delayed on your international flight it's going to take long enough to get over there and you already right. have your day planned where you're going to have a practice on friday then your walkthrough on saturday so you want to stay on schedule so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if, if they do make some adjustments have a, an earlier morning practice uh you know it, it we'll talk more about their game day preparation and their preparation for germany because they're doing some interesting things when it comes to sports science we'll talk about that in just a little bit um one one thing i, I think before we get to our bucks seahawks preview matt we're not going to be able to talk to tom brady this week interestingly enough because of these uh, this uh, truncated abbreviated media sessions we get this week with the traveling that this team is doing. But uh, I was going to say, uh, you guys heard Brady call his teammates out for lack of effort. Yes, we did a story on that on pewterreport.com yesterday. And I think one, you know, th- listen, there's a lot of guys you can call out for a, a lack of effort. Um, I think at times the wide receivers have have uh, been a little lackadaisical in some of their route running. I think the offensive line has had their moments where where they've had some lapses. I think Leonard Fournette running the ball. Has not been as diligent hitting the holes or yeah, using his vision, right? Tippy toe, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think he's he's talking more about the offensive side. Obviously, on the defensive side, we've seen the second half of the Panthers game, of the Ravens game. You could make some arguments there that Brady might be calling out his teammates across the board. I think he is. But one of the guys that that has to play better is left tackle Donovan Smith, and I talked mm-hmm. to him about that today. I'll be writing more about that in my SRS Fab 5 on Friday. But Donovan Smith really needs to pick up his level of play. It needs to get back to where it was in that 2020 run. After the bye week back in 2020, when they went on that eight-game run, Donovan Smith was playing his best football. He needs to get back to that and had a conversation with him today. And and I think that might be on tap because this play has slipped a little bit. He admitted that to me. And that may be one of the guys Tom Brady has in his mind, you know, the guy protecting his blind side, Matt. Yeah, Donovan's had some costly moments for this team, whether it was a penalty uh, against the Steelers, a penalty and allowing a sack when they played against the Ravens. And then, of course, I don't know how much I want to blame Donovan Smith. Um, he he did allow a sack. There's, listen, there's no excusing that. It was yeah. against Aaron Donald, the, yeah. the best defensive tackle, maybe of all time. But On fourth down. Yeah, on yeah on fourth down, too. That, that obviously didn't help, but... Yeah, I, I think there's no question that obviously Donovan's playing through a hyperextended elbow injury that he suffered yeah. against the Cowboys. And, you know, he worked his way back. And Donovan will be the first one to tell you that it's no excuse. If you're in there, you're in there. And you can't let that injury uh, become an excuse for you. But 
Yeah, I mean, listen, Donovan has played great, and we've we've uh, given him credit when we said like he should be a Pro Bowl player. But there's just so many great left tackles in this league, or at least there was last season. And you know, we're gonna talk about it when when he struggles too. And there's yeah. no other way to say it that he struggled over the past couple of games. Yeah. And you know, Brady, we talked a lot about that he's not uh, you know as comfortable in in the pocket as he once was. Mark had a question here. We'll get to common sense in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it take for him to look comfortable in the pocket the rest of the game like he does at the end of the game? Well, part of the reason that he wasn't comfortable in the first place is because he wasn't getting that blocking, but that was more from up front and not necessarily Donovan Smith. But right. with Donovan's play slipping the last couple of games, I do think Brady still has done a good job of like getting the ball out very quickly but we spoke to donovan today as well i mean we talked about a bunch of things but yep. one of the big things that has kind of been a theme is that the bucks are just playing better when they go up tempo and some right. of it is out of necessity you know the last drive against the rams you had no other choice you had no time right you had to keep going but donovan had a, a an interesting take that that i agree with and obviously he would know better than me he's the one playing mm-hmm. but you know he, he talked about the fact that when you're in these no huddle situations, you're going up tempo. You're not thinking as much. It's just more muscle memory because right. you know, the play is called you're going after your guy and you're just go, go, go up tempo in a weird way. Not thinking kind of helps the box offense in, in an odd way. Cause you're just, you're just going forward and moving. You're not reacting too much about this, this, or this. So, um, I don't know. That was my big takeaway from yeah. it. Well, James thinks you're giving him a pass. So <laughs> there's that. Um, I, listen, I, I'll say this. Um, this team has has underperformed this year. There's no doubt. They're four and five, and, and effort is part of that reason. And, again, going back to common sense, A's thing here. Coaches should be calling out the lack of team effort. Brady shouldn't have to even say that publicly, which says a lot probably wasn't working privately. Yeah, that's the case. And, and I think Todd Bowles, one of the biggest differences – between he and Bruce Arians is Bruce Arians will, will call it like he yep. sees it. He is mm-hmm. not afraid to throw a player under the bus publicly because he has that level of trust and communication where he's like, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw your, your, your football, you know, game in the shitter, but you know, but I, I love you as a person, right? It's, it's yeah. the, you know, Tell yell and scream hard. at him yeah, and then, you know, hard. then hug him and tell him you love him. And that's just who Bruce Arians is. Todd Bowles can't be Bruce Arians. He's got to be Todd Bowles. And Todd Bowles, from what I've gathered, Matt, and you correct me if I'm wrong, halfway through Todd Bowles' first year as head coach, he does not do any criticism publicly. No, he doesn't. No. He's if been he given has- opportunities to, and he's passed. There's been a lot, whether it's Devin White, Donovan Smith. Are you okay with the way that he's played? I'm not okay with the way the whole team has played. Right, um, right. He's definitely way more protective of his players than I would say uh, Bruce Arians was. Where Bruce would be very protective of the coaches right. and be like, nah, the players are messing up. Todd's <laughs> yes. a little bit the other way around. <laughs> right. Where Todd will kind of be like, our coaching needs to be a lot better. Coaching but no, better. It's, yeah. but it's not on the players. So um, yeah. They're very different in that in, in that sense. And and Todd will be a little more um, you know, go the route of coach speak if you if you yeah. want to call it that. And there's no we appreciate Bruce for being so blunt because it helps with you know writing stories yeah. and things like that. Job. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't blame Todd either for not just being like Devin White didn't hustle and I'm so pissed at him for it. Or yeah. Donovan's played really bad and you know, right. 
if we could change him, we would, but we don't have a back. I'm not saying they should change Jonathan Smith. Yeah. But no. um, I, I think too, um, and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to necessarily say Todd or the front office is doing this, but I've been doing this for a long time. Going back to my first year with Sam Weish in 1995 covering this team. Rich McKay was the general manager. Then you have the Dungy years, then the Gruden years, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then they've gone from Rich McKay to Bruce Allen to Mark Dominic, um, Jason Light. So there's been a lot of general managers and a lot of coaches that I have, have dealt with. And I'll just say this. Sometimes the team, and I'm not going to basically say a coach or a general manager or a personnel guy or a scout or an assistant or a coordinator. I'm just going to say the team. Sometimes the team will use the media to get a point across, and I'll leave it at that. Sometimes the team will use the media to get a point across to a player, and sometimes players have their own media. Tom Brady has his own podcast. Yep, He's got the Let's Go podcast, and I would not be surprised if there was some strategy there, uh, whether it was Tom doing it on his own or whether it was Tom coordinating with somebody in the building that that wanted to, hey, we need to pick up the effort, right? And and listen, it's different when it's coming from the players. Sure. The, the, the coaches, their job is to get the best out of the players. But it's like coaches are management, right? And then you've got the working class, which are the players. That's just how it is in any job, right? And it's no different in football. That's the, that's the, the, the dynamic. That's the, the construct of, of management and workers, coaches and players. And sometimes the players need to hear it from a player rather than a coach. That's why you see a lot of times coaches and and scouts and general managers, Matt, they will sign a veteran player that has experience to kind of serve as a mentor to a player, right? Uh, So they can get some extra coaching, right? Not just from their position coach or from the coordinator, but in the locker room or in the huddle or on the sidelines, that veteran talking to that younger player, that's just as beneficial sometimes as the coaching. So I think that Tom Brady used his Let's Go podcast to send a message to players, you know, unnamed about getting their effort together because they're this close to turning the corner. You beat the Seahawks in Germany. You're five and five. You have a bye week. You're getting people back. You're getting healthier. You kind of get to restart the season. And Matt, look out. I mean, if this team is five and five, I mean, right now they're atop the NFC South. The NFC, there's a couple of you know lead dogs, but they can still make up a lot of ground down the stretch if they win on Sunday. And let's remember, 2020, they were seven and five going to that bye. It was like ah, they lost two in a row. They lost three out of their last four, whatever it mm-hmm. was. And that bye changed everything for them. And sure, you know, maybe their schedule wasn't extremely tough. They played the Vikings, who aren't this year's version of the Vikings and a couple other teams, but that buy did them so well. And to the point about hearing it from someone else. Sure. It's one thing when like one of your fellow peers says it, and maybe some of the Bucks players were on their high horse a little bit right. because, Hey, we won a game. We're back. We're all of a sudden we're back. And it's like, ah, oh, you're not exactly back because yeah. <laughs> offensively you were still really bad up until, you know, 59 yeah. minutes into the game. And then That's you right. really, got it together and it's one thing when you hear from your peers it's another when it's tom brady uh that's saying it too and it is kind of odd though because listen i'm not knocking brady on on what he had to do with his family life we all we all know what's going on there right but if someone had called 
it, Tom called out someone specifically, and that guy was like, wait a second. You were the one that wasn't here in training camp for right. a week. You were the one that did this. What are you talking about? But obviously, again, Tom Brady has the resume, so I'm not saying people yeah. should say that. Um, well, and, and I, I think, too, that where Tom is talking about the effort is in-game. I think yeah. he's talking about the effort on Sundays. Yeah. Tom shows up. Yeah, Tom does show up on Sundays. There's no doubt. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we, we did hear from Todd Bowles today on on a couple of, of the topics. Uh, we're, let, let's talk about that because he also talked about the Seahawks as we kind of transition into our, our Buck Seahawks uh, preview because this is the best team record-wise in the NFC that the Bucks have faced this year and, and might face depending on how this season plays out. But the Cardinals keep losing, the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers keep losing. You know, these NFC teams that are – Still on the schedule later on, this this is going to be the best NFC team they've played record-wise. Yeah, without question. And there's a little familiarity there. Not much, but uh, Todd Bowles, when he coached the Jets, he did coach Geno Smith for a little bit. Now, Todd's first year, you want to talk about dealing with adversity? Todd had to deal with a lot that first season, yeah. which it ended up working well for him because Ryan Fitzpatrick became right. the quarterback. But for those that don't remember at the time, it was a quarterback competition between Geno Smith, yeah. who had been there for a year or two, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then Geno Smith got sucker punched by his teammate, broke his jaw, and it was like, That's all right, right. Ryan Pat Fitzpatrick, you got the job. Anyway, um, Geno was there for another two seasons when Todd Bowles was the coach. So um, I asked him today, I was like, where have you seen the growth in, in Geno Smith? Because Geno Smith's career trajectory, quite honestly, is crazy. You know, he was, it he is. was the... The, he's going to be the guy in New York for the Jets. Yeah. Then he has to take a, a backup job. And one of the funniest things ever, again, because I was close to it being from New York. So he goes right. to the Giants the next season as the backup. And yeah. Geno Smith broke the uh, the streak of that Eli Manning had of the career <laughs> career starts because their head coach at the time wanted to make a statement by starting Geno Smith, right. which was absolutely crazy. Then he went to uh, the Chargers was a backup there and then was a B, uh, backup for the Seahawks for a couple seasons. And now as Nate says here, he's on a he's on a warpath revenge tour. He's doing a great job. 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. So, uh, he's completing 73% of his passes too, Matt. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like he's just, you know, lucky in the red zone and and you know, being protective of the football. I mean, he is. He's got yeah. a higher quarterback rating I think than Tom Brady. He's completing 73.1% of his passes. He's playing great football. He's playing extremely well, and they're mixing it great with uh, with a really good running game. They, they're yeah. all averaging. You, you talked about it with Todd Bowles as well. They're all averaging over, what is it, like four yards per, per rushing attempt? Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. So the Seahawks, you know, they, they draft a running back every year. I mean, they're, the, you talk about a team that's committed to the run. There's really two in the NFL that are just absolutely committed to the run year in and year out. That's Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC, and it's Jim Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC. Those two teams are just absolutely, we're going to run the football. We're going to be balanced, but hey, like we're not afraid to run it 40 times, 50 times a game if we have to. That's just who they are as a team. And yeah, I, I've never seen a more efficient running team before. And what I mean by that is, is every offensive player that has touched the ball, whether it's a running back, a quarterback, or a wide receiver on end arounds or jet sweeps, has averaged 4.8 yards per carry or more. Geno Smith has got the worst average at 4.8 <laughs> yards per carry. Okay. 
DJ Dallas, a seldom used backup, five yards per carry. Former Miami Hurricane Travis Homer, I think he went to Florida State, five yards per carry. D. Eskridge, who is a wide receiver, they use him on some end rounds, five yards a carry. Rashad Penny, who's out for, uh, I think he's on injured reserve. He's He was leading the team with 6.1 yards uh, per carry. And, of course, Kenneth Walker the third, the, the phenomenal rookie out of Michigan State, is leading their team in rushing with 570 yards on the ground plus seven touchdowns. He is averaging 5.1 yards per carry. So it it is a it, it's an awesome ground attack. It, it's yeah. it's the ground attack Todd Bowles wishes he had when he says <laughs> we need to run the ball. We need to run the ball more. He's just like pointing like like see Byron see see what they're yeah. doing see what they're doing do it. You know they just can't. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker is a very exciting player yeah, to watch. He Obviously he was great at Michigan State and he's he's. He's translated it over to the NFL, which is great. So we're going to play two videos. Um, Todd Bowles talking about playing against the Seahawks run game and then his comments on Geno Smith. In the run game to make everybody they give the ball to successful on the ground. Uh, they're blocking up front very well. They have, they have two great runners. Well, Penny got hurt, but with Walker, they got a heck of a runner. He's got great vision. Uh, he's great in college. He's good now. The receivers can run the ball, doing jet sweeps and everything. And then you got the quarterback run, so... They, they spread it around pretty much, and they always threaten you outside with speed, so you got to play them honest. It's a credit to his hard work. You know, Gino, you got to grow up in this league a little bit. Everybody gets that chance. Uh, when I had him, he was a lot younger. He was a very good quarterback then. The maturity as a backup kind of sets in when you become an older quarterback. He runs the offense well. He knows what to do. Uh, he's comfortable in the system, and the guys around him, he's doing a hell of a job right now. So my hat's off to him. Yeah, a lot of maturity from Geno Smith, the going going through like everything that he went through, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, and you know he's part of the run game too, to a degree, but um, but he's he's really getting the job done as a passer. He really provides the balance to that offense. Seattle, this is from D again. Seattle learns from Baltimore's first half mistake of trying to throw, expect a heavy run game from the start. I, I think that's very much in play. The Buccaneers did a very good job, to their credit of shutting down the Rams running attack uh, that there's, there's some truth there. But, that's also a joke because the Rams yeah, running game yeah, exactly. is a joke, Matt, but, <laughs> but, uh, but to their credit, they at least kind of, you know, shut the run game down a little bit. They get a little bit of credit, but, but when you've seen how teams have run on the Buccaneers defense, talking about Carolina specifically in the second half and the Ravens in the second half, uh, you have to be concerned right off the bat if Seattle decides to come out and say, like Dee suggested, we're going to try to run it down your throat for four quarters. Exactly. I'm not fully convinced that the Bucs have solved their inefficiencies in stopping the run on defense just right. because they got it done against the Rams. And remember, they were teetering at that one point when Henderson broke a couple of tackles in the second half. So yep. I don't think the Bucs are are by any means the, the, the problem is solved there. Now, it does help that, again, Akeem Hicks will be playing. We'll see. Really, this week, how much of a difference, how much that'll help Vita Veo or Akeem Hicks, as you see there, how much of a, of a difference? Because it's one thing when you're playing the Rams who have a depleted offensive line and, you know, don't run the ball to begin with. Cam Akers wants to get traded yeah. and, and all of that. And it's another when you go up against this, you know, this Seahawks defense, uh, offense, I should say, that's averaging 359.8 yards per game yeah. and 133.8 
yards. It just sets uh, up play action. It just it. it and I, it, yeah, I, you're I so worried about I, stopping the run that that Geno Smith is, is able to operate right. I and mean, I, he's yeah, and I just think the body blows too of just run after run after run. Like the Bucks might be able to stop it in the first half, but it's it's the full four quarters that concerns me because they might be like, all right, you know, we only allowed 35 rushing yards in the first half, and then wham, they yeah. come out in the third quarter. It might not even happen until the fourth quarter, but Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker has that explosive uh, ability to just rip off a 45 yard run. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's curtains for, for the Bucks defense. So they definitely have a huge test this week, not to mention the fact that, you know, Seattle has two really talented wide receivers. DK Metcalf yeah. is, you know, the offensive version physique wise of Joe Tryon Shoenka. He's just right. like <laughs> a robot of a human that looks like the Hulk and Tyler Lockett. I, I totally understand he he's up there in age, but he's still a very, Oh, yeah. serviceable and, and formidable wide receiver. I don't know if you saw this video on the internet, Scott. It's very funny. Someone put up a compilation of every catch Tyler Lockett makes this season. Maybe right. not every single one, yeah. but he gets the ball and then he immediately goes to the ground to get yeah. avoided. And sure, you could laugh like, oh, come on, like get the extra yard. But yeah. he's also a veteran guy that's been doing this for a long yeah. time and he's thinking longevity. So it's like, hey, I made the catch 15 yeah. yards down the field. I don't need to, you know, get hit in my knee and my head for another. Well, he went to Kansas State, Matt. That's the Harvard of the Midwest. Right? Yes, we're, of we're smart. So I, I don't blame him for making some business decisions. It is it is the key to longevity, right? You can't help the club in the tub. And the best ability sometimes is availability. So, yeah, yes. I mean, uh, and, and Tyler Lockett has really moved up the Seahawks all time career receiving yards and catch and touchdown uh you know uh, leaders as well so he's he's really been one of their franchise players for some time matter of fact back in 2015 the buccaneers uh, you know and 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 sometimes we we learn this after the fact it was either going to be Ali Marpet in the second round or Tyler Lockett those were the two guys they were considering oh, and man. and and Jason Light you know they they loved Ali at the senior bowl they just drafted Donovan Smith the left tackle earlier in the second round, and they traded their third round pick up into the second round to get Ali Marpet. But the other guy they were considering was was Tyler Lockett uh, from Kansas State. Um, but uh, he's had a fantastic career with the Seahawks as well, and and, and it's a nice one two punch that Seattle has. They really don't. When you look at well, and you mentioned Kenneth Walker being an explosive guy, this is a guy that has a seventy four yard touchdown against. The Chargers. He's got a 34-yard run against the the Cardinals. He's got a 69-yard run against the Saints. A 21-yard run against uh, Atlanta. Uh, he he can rip off a big play at any time. Mm-hmm. He's just a, a really really good back. Doesn't catch the ball that well out of the backfield. They didn't throw the ball to him a lot at Michigan State. He's not going to be a big time weapon, I don't think, in 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 the the receiving game. The last game he had, he caught three passes for 20 yards against the Cardinals, and he had 109 yards on the ground with two touchdowns, tying a career high. But he's going to do more of his damage as as that running back rather than a receiver. And uh, you know, he's he he gives them that balance that that Pete Carroll wants when you've got that that, that receiving game going uh, with with the one two punch on the outside. And I think, hey, it's it's great that the Bucks have Carlton Davis back to play opposite Jamel Dean and having Sean Murphy bunting back too, because, uh, you know, Noah Fant is, is and, and will uh, Disley they're, they're, they're okay. Tight ends, yeah. but they're not, they're not going to be the factors 
that Lockett and Metcalf uh, are going to be both of those guys over 500 yards. Both of those guys, Lockett and Metcalf, have four touchdowns on the season. Yeah, they're very wide receiver driven, and that that's how they're going to go and, and get their points. And they have that balance, as you mentioned. It's really good to have balance because it gives you so many options, whether you want to run, go play action, go deep, go short. It's great to have options. I like to have options when I'm going to have a Pirate Republic beer, which, of course, is the presenting beer, the official beer of the Pewter Report podcast. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas and now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together, whether it's a a night game or early in the morning at 9 o'clock. It brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, which is a sense of belonging. The Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, which you see on the screen here, and my personal favorite, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Then you have the Take No Quarter IPA in the green. That's the best IPA that you'll drink. Even if you're not an IPA fan, you'll like the Take No Quarter IPA. And then what Scott was drinking on the show today, as you see the gold can there, the uh, you can drop an orange slice in the Golden Haze Piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy that pirate uh, pirate republic life. A pirate republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. And they're expanding across the state of Florida, which is great. I get my pirate republic from the ABC liquors. Uh, so live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with pirate republic beer. We got to get that over in Germany too. But I know Scott, you'll be uh having an exclusive tour of uh, Pirate Republic coming up very soon. Yeah, taking the family during the bye week to the Nassau Bahamas, right, on on a Norwegian cruise, a little three-day cruise out of uh, Miami. So looking forward to that. And, yes, we'll be stopping by the the brewery there at at, uh, at Nassau Bahamas, the Pirate Republic Tap House, where they've got even more beers than the three beers that they they, uh, serve in Florida. Uh, But, yes, I am enjoying today the, the Golden Haze of Piracy, uh, this is a fantastic. You see the orange in, in there. It's a fantastic beer. It's 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 probably my favorite. I I I have three favorites, but this is my current favorite. How about that? Very nice. I like it. Mark says uh, he's coming down to Florida in December, and he's going to pick up a awesome. uh, Pirate Republic six pack. Love yeah. that. Thank you, Mark. That's love that's, it. Uh, so, what a- what is the status of of Anton Winfield's? Uh, junior right is is he going to be in play this week you think uh, Todd Bowles addressed that today Matt yeah he said that he's still in concussion protocol which obviously is not a good thing he's missed the last two weeks now he continues to do this thing and they did it with Cam Bray too where Anthony went from the junior practice last week and he was out there today now he wasn't wearing shoulder pads everyone was in shoulder pads he was wearing a red sweatshirt a red hoodie and then he had that uh the catapult the the little black uh band kind of that, that they put on and it tracks all your speed and technology yeah. and all that stuff. So we'll see. I mean, they're flying out tomorrow. And if he's still in concussion protocol, I would highly doubt that he's going to be available. And just an update for some of the other players. Mike Evans was not at practice today. Right. He looked kind of banged up during the game on Sunday. Yeah, so that's definitely something to monitor. Russell Gage uh, was out there, but was not practicing. He was throwing a lot of darts in the uh, the game that they have in the locker room. So, again, another thing to monitor. Still no Luke Gedeke, so it's looking like we'll see another week of Nick Leverett. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Left guard and no complaints here or by anyone. And 
Cam Bray practicing with the team again. Did it last week in shoulder pads today. We shall see whether or not he's available, but I think you and I are both in agreement that it should be Kate Otten that is still tight end one for this team. Even if Cam yeah. Bray comes back. I tell you, I was talking to Donovan Smith today who uh, he said two things that were interesting to me. Number one, it's interesting when you have these international games, especially over in Germany because of, of the soccer or should I say football type of atmosphere. He said they cheer the whole game, right? Yeah. It's not like, <laughs> like, you know, quiet now, offense is working, right? You know, we're in the red zone. Yeah. They just cheer the whole time. The Like for all four quarters for both teams, it's just yeah. going to be loud and a bunch of noise. So it's really going to be, even though it's a home game for the Buccaneers, they're the host team. It's going to be like an away game, I think, for both teams, Matt. Yes. I don't think either team is going to have uh, any type of reprieve from the crowd noise. And a lot of times, at least in London, they were at these like noisemakers or whistles or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like all hell breaks loose. But, um, you know, all hell broke loose in the last nine seconds of that <laughs> that Bucks-Rams game. And Kate Otten, uh, man, this, this kid is – he's coming on strong. And Donovan Smith's a big fan of Kate Otten. He said this guy is – he's the next one. That's what he said. He's like, he's the next one. And what he means by that is this is this is the next one, the next starter, the next option for Tom Brady, the next go-to guy. He's going to be in that mix with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And we'll see about Russell Gage. We'll see if Gage can come back at some point this season. And, and I think they're doing the smart thing with Gage by resting that hamstring because he was trying to play on it and practice on it, Matt, and just wasn't getting any better. And, and I, I think in the meantime – you know, Scotty Miller, we saw the re- the reemergence of him. And if he can continue that kind of renaissance, that, that would be great for him because he's in a contract year and helpful for this team. But Kate Otten stepping up, man, right right when this team needs him. That's that's clutch. Right. I'm in full agreement with you with Russell Gage. Just sit, get healthy. Because even when he was in, he didn't provide anything yeah. besides the Packers game. And again, that's because literally everyone else was either out or suspended so sit russell gage let him get healthy i don't care if russell gage doesn't play for the entire month of november and he's just back for december but you have to make kate Otten your third option just start establishing it feed yeah. him the ball if that's the case and not with stupid screen plays because i'm out on screens with the box yeah i would love i would love for scotty miller to be that third wide receiver option and what he did last game was a great step in the right direction outside of not catching the the touchdown that hit him in the face mask, but they won the game. We'll forgive him. Right. We'll forgive him for that. I just don't know if Scotty can do that consistently on a week to week basis. I I agree. Hey, it was a good game for Scotty. The Rams, for whatever reason, decided to not guard the sideline. And Scotty took advantage of that. He started getting into the grimy areas and started making those plays. I just think it was kind of like a one-time thing that might pop up here and there. Yeah. I just don't see it being consistent. Rashad Perryman, I don't see him being a factor. Again, he's Rashad Perryman is going to make one play every year that right. he's on the box. He's going to make one big play. <laughs> he's already made it. Then, he caught the touchdown in the exa- Saints Exactly. Game. Last, last year is the Bills. This year is yeah. the Saints. He's like, all right, I made my play. Sign me for train. Sign yep. me for training camp next year. <laughs> right. I'll see you. I'll see you in July. You know exactly. So, um, the Bucs obviously have a huge issue when it comes to their third receiver because they no one can stay healthy. Julio yeah. Jones, put him in bubble wrap. Uh, Russell Gage out on the side. So you got to 
you have to get that production somewhere else because it can't always be Mike and Chris. Yeah. And sure, they sprinkle in the, the you know the running backs and everything, but you need another downfield target. And it's no surprise that Kate Otten sparked that last drive yeah. when they won the when they won the game. And you know what? That catch down the field. If if the Buccaneers can beat the Seahawks, they might kind of get back in the running for Odell Beckham Jr. Right? Odell's playing okay, it cool. That's another. You know what I'm yeah. He wants to go to a team that is going to have a legitimate chance of of you know winning a Super Bowl. And I don't blame him. He's a front runner. He has that 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 uh, that option with him being in demand right now with a lot of teams, and the Cowboys are are in hot pursuit as well. But I, I just think that 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 might be an interesting situation to to watch a development that might come up if the Buccaneers beat the Seahawks. They're five and five. You get the bye week. There's some buzz. That's about what time, you know, towards the towards Thanksgiving when OBJ might making his decision. Yeah, uh, you, you never know. If if they lose, I don't think OBJ is going to consider the Buccaneers at all. They got to win on Sunday. Now, one of the other things too that I want to talk about with regards to this game and this Bucks Seahawks preview is when you look at at Seattle's offensive line, there really isn't any big time stars there. There's right. it's crazy. Because if you look at the PFF grades, and again, pro football focus is, is not the gospel when it comes to, to player evaluation. It's helpful. I don't know that they do a great job with offensive line grades. Uh, I'm not saying they do a bad job, but it's not perfect. But when you look at their starters, Charles Cross, the rookie at left tackle. You've got Abraham Lucas, the right tackle. Uh, the, you know they're, they're, they're inconsistent. They're... You know, I don't think there's – well, let's put it this way. The highest-graded offensive lineman is Damian Lewis, the left guard, who I think is in his second or third season out of LSU. Mm-hmm. I like Damian Lewis coming out of college. Matter of fact, yeah, I think this is his third year because he was blocking for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And he, he's a good player, but I think his grade is like 68, which is you know 70 or higher is, is good. You get into the 80s, the upper 70s or 80s, that, that's really good. 90s is is elite. So looking at the PFF grades, Matt, they don't have a lot of star power across that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Center Austin Blythe, Gabe Jackson at right guard. These are some okay guys, but they play well together. They're smart. They play hard, and they have a good run scheme. And, and they're winning the line of scrimmage without – beating you on talent like i don't think any of those seahawks offensive linemen is going to be challenging for a pro bowl spot right any spot but but matt that's one thing todd bowles was saying today the seahawks they just play smart hard-nosed tough football and they're getting a job they're getting the job done on both sides of the trenches and that offensive line without having the star power it's pretty impressive you talk about chemistry and being collective as a group that's exactly what the Seahawks are. And I think it's a big credit to Pete Carroll. You know, Pete Carroll's been there for a very long time. And when you have a coach that's there for as long as he is, and let's face it, Pete Carroll is like the player's coach. He's fun. He's a cool guy. It's different than Belichick, who's been there for a long time, and he puts the fear of God in you. He's like like, a curmudgeon. Coach is going to read me out. Now, Belichick also has a ton of Super Bowl rings. Right. Where, sure, Pete Carroll does have a Super Bowl ring, but they haven't been too successful in a while. And it would have been easy to lose this team, especially in recent years with everything yeah. that went on with Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson isn't there. It's like, all right, well, the Seahawks are probably going to stink, and Pete Carroll's going to be out of a job. He, he's older in age. But no, they rally around him. You know, they he 
brings out the like excitement and energy in each other, whether it's the, the players getting it from P. Carroll, P. Carroll <clears throat> getting it from the players. And you see that from the offensive line to the defensive line, mixing in rookies that have played really well for this team, whether it's Walker or Tariq Woolen. You know, uh, they're yeah. getting contributions from veteran players, whether it's Gino, the, the ultimate journeyman, and young and rookie players too. Yeah. So they're really getting it everywhere, which is a, a, a huge credit to Pete Carroll. He probably could, uh, you know, deserve a raise if he wanted to be a head coach. And when you're managing your money, you should be doing it with the Muni Financial. At A Muni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. A Muni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Well, that's right. If you've got some money, and I hope that you do, you need to let a Muni Financial help you manage your assets. And, and also, too, this is a very turbulent economic climate that we're in. And it really requires some veteran experience. This is not the time to go with the rookies. This is the time to lean on the veteran experience of a Muni Financial. They've been doing this for over 40 years here in the Tampa Bay area. They can help you across the state of Florida. They can help you across the country. Immunity Financial, they want to help you plan ahead and stay ahead. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With that 40 years of experience, again, let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead so you can stay ahead. Give them a call, just like I did, 1-800-868-6864. I've got the majority of my financial investments in my portfolios with the Muni Financial. I've been thrilled with how they have navigated these economic times uh, with, with my retirement. And so do what I did. Go to immuni.com and check them out. I highly recommend Muni Financial. Now, one of the rookies we haven't talked about yet is the cornerback, Woolen, who, yeah. um, other Good than player. Sauce Gardner, is, uh, is really, <laughs> yes. really proving himself as uh I mean, obviously, for the value they got him to, I mean, they the Seahawks drafted him what four picks before Zion McCollum, and this guy yeah. is a starter, and again is in the rook in the running for uh, rookie of the year. So you know he'll be tasked with going up against Mike Evans and or Chris Godwin in uh, this game. But Todd Bowles actually spoke about him too. So let's get to that clip right about now. He sort of flashes in college. He's put it together uh, his rookie year since he's come in the league. He's six four. You know, usually get a six-four corner that runs a four-two-nine. You know, or four-two-seven, whatever he ran. He got his hands on balls in college. He's getting his hands on balls in now. He's a willing tackler. Uh, got very good footwork for a guy that tall, and he's making plays. It's hard to throw over him. Is there adjustments? So yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy to. to... To, to watch a boy mafia is another guy that's been getting playing time uh, on this team. So I just like the C- the Seahawks are a very odd team. You know, I was watching a lot, especially yeah. they played the giants a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. And, you know, I, I look at the Seahawks and I don't think there's really any one position outside of like, okay, DK Metcalf up there is like a star right. player. Um, outside of that though, there's nothing like insanely threatening about the Seahawks but you know that right. Giants game the Giants are a good team that doesn't have 
remotely the talent that the Bucks have. And they're they won the game on special teams. Their kick returner yeah. fumbled it twice, and that's what won the game for the Seahawks. But they're just in every game. They they yeah. don't let up. They're relentless. And I think that's something where to go back to the beginning of the show about Tom Brady calling out the energy of this team. Mm-hmm. If the Bucs let up for even a moment, yeah. I think Seattle's going to be right in this the whole time. I agree. They've won their last four games. They're a hot team, and, and that includes a sweep of, of Arizona. Uh, mm. The the Cardinals uh, lost to the, the Seahawks 19-9 to in Seattle. That was back in week six. That kind of kicked off this four-game winning streak for the Seahawks. Then they had a very impressive win at L.A., not against the Rams, but against the Chargers, the mm. better team in uh in la 37 23 so they put up some points there and they did the same against the giants as you mentioned 27 13 and then uh, they finished the sweep of the cardinals at arizona last week 31 21 now one of the interesting things is is they have three losses this year one of those is to the 49ers and the 49ers might end up winning the nfc West, just because they have another game against the seahawks later this year but they lost at San Francisco, 27-7. to That was their worst loss of the year. But then the other two losses, Matt, interesting. They lost against the Atlanta Falcons at home, 27-23, and another NFC South team, the New Orleans Saints, 39-32 in New Orleans. So maybe the Buccaneers, being from the NFC South, yeah. can uh, can have a trifecta, and, and maybe the South uh, rises up and beats – the Seattle Seahawks over in Germany. That's just one little interesting scheduling quirk there. But I think, you know, defensively, if you look, they don't have Bobby Wagner anymore, right? Nope. The Bucks already played Bobby Wagner. He plays for the Rams now. And Wagner had a very good game against the Bucks last yes, week. But, but but right now, what they're doing is is they're just playing good team defense, right? Uh, Uchenna Nwosu has seven sacks. He's their, their sack and pressure guy. Two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. He's got three passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. So he's kind of their guy up front in the trenches. They're getting good play from Quentin Jefferson, their defensive tackle. He's got three sacks. He can stuff the run. He can also play the pass very well. At the linebacker uh, you know, level, um, you know, they're missing a little bit of star power there without Bobby Wagner. But I, I think that that collectively – they're playing good team defense, right? And and you look at at uh, you know they've got uh, Jordan uh, Brooks, Cody Barton. Um, those are some players that that really aren't household names on the interior right. of that that defense. But they're getting the job done, right? They they, they may not be superstars and, and Pro Bowl caliber players, right? Boye Mafe was a player we liked coming out mm-hmm. of Minnesota. He is, uh, you know, he's a a, a rotational. Um, you know, edge rusher uh, backing up uh, Nwusu. He's got a couple sacks this year. And in the secondary, they've got a dynamic playmaker in Tariq Woolen, who's got four interceptions already, including a pick six. He, like you said, is kind of the NFC version of Sauce Gardner. And they're just, they're getting the job done collectively. This might be a situation, Matt, where, where you know, if you go back and look at the Bucks Super Bowl season, the only player that made the Pro Bowl that year was Jason Pierre-Paul, yeah. right? <laughs> there might not be a lot of Pro Bowlers on this Seattle Seahawks team. Geno Smith might be, you know, he and Tariq Woolen might be the, the guys, right? But they're just winning by playing smart, hard-nosed football on both sides of the ball. That's what caught Todd Bowles' eye. 
Yeah, this is the ultimate example of like team unity and togetherness versus like overall talent. And you can go back to that Bucks Super Bowl where, which again, it shocks. Like, how is Tom Brady not a, a Pro Bowl player that year? Yeah. But anyway, um, of you know guys like Devin White before he truly became Devin White for better or for worse, and Vita Vea yeah. before he truly became Vita Vea. And, you know, the, the Chiefs, you had Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So it was yeah. kind of like the team effort against the, you know, the, the team effort against the team stars. And a lot of times the collective yeah. effort, the collective group will win. Uh, Matthew here, thank you for yep. the $5 Super Chat. Did you already speak on Brady's comments on how lazy, unprepared, no accountability on this team? In short, poorly coached, reading between his lines. Yes, we did um, at the beginning of the show. There's also a story on it uh, on pewterreport.com about Brady calling out the players and maybe who specifically uh, he is talking about. So um, we did get into that. Uh, one thing I yeah. do want to get into is, you know, it's very surprising. The The Bucks are a three-point favorite going yeah. into this game. And <laughs> and typically, you know, if you're the home team, if, if it's kind of like even, you'll get like a, a three-point right. spread if it's pretty even. But this is a neutral site game. You know, this is right. this game is internationally. It's in Germany. Uh, but the Bucs are still a three-point favorite, which is very surprising. They were a three-point favorite against the uh, against the Rams as well, and that went to a push because the, the Bucs won by three. But anyway, if you're going to be betting on this game, make sure you're betting on it at mybookie.ag. You know sports, and you pick winners all the time, so why not get paid for them at mybookie? Mybookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, NCAA, or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The MyBookie money bag is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. That'll come up big when the uh, when the props come out for Tom Brady's passing yards and all the other players' individual uh, stats. Uh, just place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up free today using promo code PEWTER that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. A cool G, some say. Yep. Uh, again, that's promo code Pewter to claim your deposit and give yourself the competitive edge. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that's a great deal. It's not just a sports book. It's a community. So bet anything, anytime, <laughs> anywhere with mybookie.ag. The Bucs, actually, I was talking with uh, Kevin O'Donnell of Fox Sports today, um, the local station. The Bucs have not covered in their last seven games. They've either lost <laughs> or it's been a push. Yeah. So uh, pretty wild. Pretty wild. It is wild. At least. Yeah, almost as wild as Vita Vea leading this team in sacks. He's got six and a half after Sunday's game. And what, what else is kind of wild is the fact that the Buccaneers have not had a defensive tackle reach double-digit sacks. Since Warren Sapp did it back in 2000 with, with 16 and a half sacks, it's kind of crazy to think about. But uh, but Vita Vea, who needs three and a half over the, the, the last, what, eight games, Matt? It seems doable. They're putting him in a lot of positions to get that done by by putting him in the B gap. He's not that that classic A gap, uh, you know, two gap nose tackle where he's lined up over the center almost exclusively. He's really getting the job done as a three technique in this under front, which is something Todd Bowles wanted to get to last year, but just did not have the horses up front, the guys that could run like Logan Hall and Akeem Hicks. And so Vita Vea was kind of 
designated or relegated to playing the nose tackle, and he played it well. He made four sacks, which is a career high last year, made his first Pro Bowl. But with his uh, two-sack performance, he now has six and a half. That's, that's a brand-new career high. He's leading this team, and he's really become a force. And I was talking to Joe Tryon Schoenke in the locker room today, and I think that that he really has to continue to have a big game against – the the Seahawks uh, here he's got to come through with the sack or two and, and make life uh, uncomfortable for for Geno Smith uh, they really need Vita Vea to play consistent football down the stretch and I think if he can do that provide some of that interior pass rush uh, you saw Joe try and Schoen could get literally robbed of a sack yeah I mean yeah, and I'll talk to Joe today about it he said he said it was the I got a perfect jump and I said the same thing happens to Shaq Baird he says absolutely and you know why he got such a good jump? Because he learned the tricks of the trade from Shaq Barrett and also from Jason Pierre-Paul. The way that the clock is positioned, the 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 uh, uh, the play clock for, uh, at Raymond James Stadium is is it's it's like field level, so you can mm-hmm. see that. And a lot of times, what he will do is instead of of looking at the ball, he's looking at the clock. I mean, he'll look at the ball to see when it's snapped, but he'll look at the clock too. And when it's down to three two, one, he's like, I'm taking off because they're either going to, I'm either going to, you know, beat the snap and get the sack or they're going to have a delay of game. Yeah. And he said, if you go back and look at the film, I literally was out of my stance, but had not crossed the line of scrimmage. It was a perfect uh, snap uh, and it should have been a sack. He put it on his Instagram story as well. Like, was yeah. I off sides? Was I not? So, yeah. um, you know, he's very close to having a, a breakout game. He had the face mask two weeks ago that negated yeah. a penalty. And then this play, I asked Larry Foote about it today, the co-defensive coordinator. He says, I keep going to Joe. I say, when are you going to have that four sack game with two forced fumbles and uh, and things like that? So I think we're getting close to the Joe Tryon yeah. Joe breakout game, uh, whatever you want to call it, which is going to be awesome. Chris here, very nice comment. Thank you, guys. Yeah. As usual, a great podcast, Scott, Matt. Thank you very much. We really yeah. appreciate that. This, this, this might be, we still have a couple minutes left, but this might be the best podcast we've ever done. And yeah. I, I just want to say thank you all, you Peter people, for being here, part of history. Happy um, to share it with everyone, for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah. Which is why you, we you guys make the podcast. Uh, we we just relay everything we, we learn and know from our, you know, watching the game, talking to our sources, work in the open locker room and, and doing the press conferences. So I appreciate you guys. We do this for you. Otherwise I'd just be on the phone with Matt talking bucks, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, we do it for you guys because we love sharing the information and getting the great feedback too. We appreciate all the super chats and all of that. Uh, guess what, Scott, if JTS gets the same jump again, he'll be called for offsides every time bucks always called for offsides. So Shaq, whatever he learned Shaq from the rest. The yeah. Shaq, Shaq Barrett has been called, uh, but at the same time, uh, sometimes it is the perfect jump and refs, you know, not, not the blind ones, but the ones that aren't blind can see that. So, uh, Gary, we appreciate the comments, uh, you know, very much so. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you. You know, it, and the thing is, is, is I'm still going strong. I mean, Matt, Matt is, he's, he's a young, tough dude, 29, right, Matthew? Yep. There yep. are 29, 29. Right. All right. Well, I've, I'm old, I'm old enough to be your dad, Matt. Uh, but I don't feel like it because I go to age rejuvenation. I feel like I'm 10 years younger. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because 
I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Okay, that's a little extreme. Uh, one lady felt like she was 80. One guy said he felt like he was 18. Okay, I appreciate the hyperbole. Uh, maybe, maybe that's how they feel. Uh, I'm kind of like John Gilmore. John, former Bucks tight end, he helps us out with the Pewter Report tailgate shows. He says he could feel like he, he could play another 10 years in the NFL. And I've actually talked to John. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'd probably get hurt because I'm 43, but but I feel good. I feel like I could legitimately play in the NFL. Probably wouldn't last long given my age, but I, I do feel that good. I don't feel like I'm 18. I, did, I never felt like I was 80, but... I don't feel like I'm 50. I feel like I'm 40. And if you want to feel younger, if you want to feel better, if you want to lose weight, I've, I'm actually down three pounds of fat, not just weight on the scale, but actually three pounds of fat gone. And, and I'm building my lean muscle uh, up. Go to age rejuvenation. Do what I do. Do what John Gilmore does. Lose weight. Feel great. Have better sex. You might have seen age rejuvenation as the sponsor by SR's Fat 5 column, uh, as well as the Peter Report's tailgate show they're the presenting sponsor folks if you want more energy if you want more stamina do the the, the testosterone therapy uh, it's, it's the way to go it's helped me go to agerejuvenation.com get that free consultation it costs no money it's worth it agerejuvenation's got five tampa bay area locations to serve you go to agerejuvenation.com you won't regret it yeah help yourself out Check out the website, Age Rejuvenation, which, of course, we appreciate them. We appreciate everyone in the comments yes. as well. You guys are, I mean, obviously very smart. We said that. But you guys are yep. hilarious, too. We have a ton of great uh, comments that always make us laugh uh, all yes. over the place. From today's show to future shows as well, which, of course, will be on tomorrow. JC Allen and myself at uh, 4 o'clock. And also, we are going to have a bonus episode on Friday, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Our resident genius, Paul Atwal, yes. will be having a show on Friday. We'll be pre-recorded, so unfortunately, we won't be able to get your uh, your comments on that. But it is a little more uh, Bucks and Seahawks discussion. Right. Paul, being from around that area, is a little more familiar than the Seahawks, as per usual. And, of course, on Sunday, we have the Peter Game Day show, the Peter Tailgate show first at 8 o'clock, followed by the Peter Game Day show. Of course, that's brought to you by Celsius and also sponsored by Age Rejuvenation, typically live at Walk-Ons, but uh, this week, because it's so early, it will not be. But uh, nonetheless, make sure you check out Walk-Ons. So again, tomorrow, myself and JC, that'll do it for today's show. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Avita Sen, out. Guten Tag. <laughs>